Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Lodestar's Lending Leaders. Season three, it's officially here, uh, and we've been promoting this for quite a while at this point, so we're really excited for this. Um, this week, I get to sit down uh, to can you continue our tradition of kicking it off with Jim and Dave. Um, we're going to talk about the biggest mistakes you've made in the history of Lodestar. We only have nine years worth of mistakes. Agreeing to go on this podcast, is that going to be one of them? Or? Agreeing to have Same. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a list of lovely questions. Uh, so let's dive right in. Um, so let's go with your first ever big mistake when starting the company. This one takes your company. We're going to just dive right into it. I think the business model was just off by so much. We had no idea how to price the product. We didn't sign our first client for nine months. Or who the client was. Yeah. Or kind of the interact. It was. Every client had their own database, too. We didn't have any sort of implementation. Yeah. yeah. Unscalable, yeah. I remember I've presented to um, a room full of like 30 people in Connecticut for an hour. And to this day, we don't have a single Connecticut client. It just isn't a market for us because of how it's an attorney state. And like I, knowing that, I would never have gone there, right? So yeah. it's just it's just learning that we kind of had to have a steep learning curve, figuring all of that type of stuff out. I think even like when we think about like we have that friend, right? And we frequently talk about it, it's like knowing your market and knowing your business like area yeah. is very important because we had to learn all of that yeah, that and us, yeah. that caused so many problems and so many mistakes. So mm-hmm. um, just understanding the fundamentals. I mean, I didn't have a sales job before this. You didn't have a true programming job before no, this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fun stuff. I think one of my first initial mistakes too is thinking that it was going to be easy, thinking that it was going to be fast. Um, and I didn't do things personally that really bought myself time um, mm. that would have made things a lot easier. Like I got a fairly expensive apartment in New York City right before I quit my job. This is ridiculous. And you knew that, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I remember nine years ago calling you when I quit my job and you were like, you're crazy. Okay, first off, yeah, you had a very good job, right? Yeah. So you were successful uh, doing that other thing. And then you quit. And I'm like, okay, well, that's that's a big move. That's scary, right? And, like, the first thing, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, re-upping my apartment in this, like, place in New York City, a yeah. very expensive area. I'm like, well, what do you, what's the expected revenue? And you're like, oh, you know, just started again, nothing. I'm like, oh, like, yeah. that was ridiculous. You personally, I think, set yourself up for uh, many hurdles. Yeah, yeah. Made it a lot harder on myself than I could have in hindsight, but. I was I was 26, so you just kind of had to learn. Growing I had process. to learn those things. Yeah, it was it was a lot of a growing process too. To be fair, I think you are the ever optimist in this uh, yeah. business partnership. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I mean that's also why it's it's worked well as a partnership too, because you need you need that give and take, you need that optimist, and you need that that realist, as Dave would call himself, not pessimist. <laughs> I think well, I think that's true, but uh, I also think that's an important like uh, personal insight. I think. Um, understanding that your kind of beliefs and kind of idea structure can be wrong sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I frequently think, like, oh, like, this is, like, like the podcast. It's a great yeah. example. You know, like, I don't think it's a great idea. But, like, I'm wrong so frequently, and you're right so frequently. I have to accept the possibility right that, that I'm not right. And well, that becomes something great. At the same time, I feel like my job sometimes is just to prove you wrong. And I think also think that that can be pretty healthy. 
Yeah, definitely. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not open to the fact that you're wrong, yeah. you're never going to grow. Yeah. Or if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um, I think one thing kind of as we were starting to build a team um, that – was a mistake in hindsight is, you know, hiring is always hit or miss, but I think knowing what we needed in folks, um, we didn't have specific enough job tasks in mind early on. And that just made it impossible to get the right people. Like the first salesman we ever got, I remember him saying to me, I'm coming in, but I can't sell a calculator. Okay. And we had, you know, he wanted to sell a vision. We were talking about other products that we tried to build out and other things we tried to do. In hindsight, once he told me that, I should have said, we're selling calculators, get out of here. But I didn't have the the maturity, the experience, the, you know, presence of mind at the time. And, you know, a lot of those lessons we, you know, had to learn. Yeah. People in print, what, like, they believe the company is going to be now yeah. what it is right. and what you need to do. And I think now we're at the point where we have a very set vision, so it makes it a lot easier when we have folks coming in of like, no, this is what we're doing, this is what we're selling, this is our culture. Um, but it took a while to really kind of formulate that. You can jump on the bus or get off the bus, and that's okay either way, but yeah. like you should know where, where that person right. is. you ain't staring at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Like to kind of go into that, I think something we've talked about a lot is so hiring and firing is often can be referred to as what's one of the most expensive business mistakes you can make. What would you say your most expensive mistake was? Was it a lost opportunity? Was it just a wrong hire? Or was it something completely different? Uh, Wrong vendor at the wrong time? This is a hard one, I know. I don't know if you can say this is a single mistake, but the first year, I say, it was probably our most expensive mistake. We, because like we were saying in the beginning, we squandered essentially the first year, maybe the first year and a half, yeah. something like that, where we were just kind of like rudderless. We were just learning. If we had more better background right. information, understanding what we actually wanted to do and mm-hmm. needed to do, I think we could have gotten there much faster. But it was so much learning. I view it more as time. Like if we kind of had a sense of, what the end product was, what the pricing was, what we did, we would have probably been three years ahead of where we are now. And that would have been a lot more than the, you know, maybe tens or hundreds of thousand dollars that other mistakes cost us. It would have been a difference of millions. And I think if we had we known what we know now, we would have probably been able to grow in half the time. And like, that's also part of just a company, right? That's why people who are repeat founders are generally successful because a lot of those initial things you learned it the first time around. Yeah, 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 and we paid for that lesson, all those lessons kind of the, the hard way at the end of the day because we were, what, 25 and 26 when we started. I've done, I worked in a job that's not Lodestar for like two and a half years. That's it. That's oh, I've, yeah, I have absolutely, relatively no experience out of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if you're ever going to start a company, don't give a 25 and a 26-year-old money. <laughs> 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 That's probably a good idea. The um, I think one thing too that I learned along that is like the growth aspect of. I don't think I talked to other entrepreneurs soon enough. Like mm-hmm. the, for me, it really started in the last three years once I got to Philly, and that's been such a huge part of learning and growing and just my own sanity. Um, and I wish I had done that sooner because I think we had some guidance going in, but everyone's biased and I think we didn't talk to enough people early on and that's how we could have gotten more information that I would have think helped helped us in hindsight. Definitely. No. Mm-hmm. So this is, I know, a little bit of a sore spot 
Uh, so let's talk about 2020. So everyone knows what 2020 was. Um, so to set the scene, because I've heard this story many a time, uh, Dave, you went on your paternity. You had your first child. Um, March 2020, I have my first child. I go on paternity leave Friday night. So I finish the workday Friday. Uh, Saturday, my daughter is born. Um, yeah. Hey, Tessa, Monday, I get home from the hospital because COVID just hit, so we can't even stay there long. Uh, and I get a call Monday morning. Um, hey, uh, the servers are down. Everything's wrong. I think I did something. This is from Jim. Uh, and I'm like, what is going on? So I, would, I like, deleted the search history table or you something. Da- you like deleted that. like half our database. Yeah, yeah. So I had to go in. I had to bring up some backups. Of and the client th- rates table. Client, yeah. And then... It, it was like it it just kept going from there. I think 2020 was the most stressful year of my life by far. Include because of my daughter, because of COVID, mm-hmm. because of Lone Star yeah. exploding in a good way and yeah. in a bad way. I was also I didn't um have quite those same things happen but 2020 was also the the most stressful year of my life I think in in different things that that happened. And at the same time it was one of our best business years, right? Pre-pandemic, we had three employees. Yeah, yeah. And we more than quadrupled. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast mm-hmm. recently. It was with uh, John yeah. uh, Cormack, which is a, he's a very famous programmer. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how um, if you want to do a lot of stuff, you have to work hard yeah. if you want to achieve stuff. Um, and the more you work and the harder you work, the more you'll get done. It doesn't mean you should be working all the time, but if you want to achieve like bigger things, you have to work more just because there are bigger things you want to do. And I think in 2020, I was doing like 80-hour weeks, 90-hour weeks, and it wasn't sustainable for me. I, well, I mean, going into the paternity, we were I wanted you to take time off. You ended up not taking a single day off because we weren't equipped for that, unfortunately. Um, and I remember you saying... Um, it's okay, babies sleep a lot. I'll work while the baby sleeps. Okay. Which you did, which meant you didn't sleep. <laughs> I was passing out on the couch. There were random. times we were on calls together, um, and after I was like, Dave, go sleep. Like, you are not making any sense right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Those aren't words coming out of your mouth. It was a tough year. Yeah. And then at the same time, I think going off of that and that kind of success that we saw 2020 into 2021, um, honestly, the biggest mistake was like, thinking that we were successful, like thinking that we would keep growing that way, thinking that like it was completely our own doing, that we were doing well, mm. I think. Um, and that caused us, I think, to think that we could be equally successful doing other things that were a little bit outside of our core competency, whether it be different products, um, just kind of trying to grow faster than we should, take on more costs than we should, things like that. I think we got a, a little bit over our skis. Well, and like to that like point, like I think a massive difference for us, we went from a three-person company to like a 13-person company. Yeah. And there's a very, very large difference between managing people and doing things. And yeah. both are very important, but you need to have different skill sets, different understandings. And we did not have the managing, you know, infrastructure or skills to do any of it. And I think it was a lot of learning because we were doing the work and we were doing the learning for the management aspect. And that took us a while. I think we're at least in a more comfortable area now. And part of that has helped is like having that network of other folks, like the way we do um, 
employee reviews now I learned from a peer. Shout out to Renee. Um, and like just learning those things from other people has been incredibly helpful. And actually having, you know, folks like yourself and folks like Kelsey, our, our director of customer success, really be able to like step up and develop over time. And that's been part of the most rewarding part of this, like realizing you don't have to do anything, everything yourself. Yeah, I think people bring in skills that yeah. we didn't have and we yeah. like, uh, you know, promoted people to have to have their inputs yeah. and to do the things that you know that they are yeah. knowledgeable about so we didn't have to figure yeah. it out. I think one thing that's been hard for me from doing like a lot of sales demos or even customer requests which I haven't touched in like close to a year now. Not only should I not be doing customer requests because of my role, I'm actually the most dangerous person in the company to touch anything at this point. Like uh, so it's like it, it's definitely weird going from like you shouldn't be doing it for the sake of your time to like, no, you are a liability and this is like actually like you're not even close to the best qualified person to do this anymore. No. Probably shows growth in the company, but also... I'd like to say some personal growth. <laughs> yeah. And then I think, so there are kind of two questions that came out of it, but I'm going to go with the, the one that isn't on my list, which mm-hmm. is, so I know you talked about not having a ton of previous experience before coming into your roles. And I think this comes up a lot with entrepreneurs. Do you have any management experience outside of Lodestar? Like, did you, were you, I know you've been captains of teams or anything like that even. I mean, I was a captain of soccer team, I think wrestling team, but those were like, those are so different. Track captain, I started an indoor track team. Fraternity president. I think possibly fraternity president probably is the biggest, if I had to guess, just because I wasn't fraternity president, but... Um, you had to get a bunch of people that had low interest in doing things right. <laughs> to get them to do specific things. Well, I think a lesson that you learned quickly, too, is you're not solving any problems at midnight. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. I think um, that has been something early on that was something we still struggle with where, like, I'll literally get texts from you at midnight at 11 p.m. where you're, like, doom scrolling things that 2020 was like this, where you were sending, like, mortgages are going to go, go obsolete. <laughs> what's going to happen, right? And that forced us to put in regular meetings where we go over finances in, like, a more controlled environment. So, you know, that's kind of a, a similarity through that of, like, someone's drunk at a party, you just mitigate the situation and deal with it later. You're not solving any problem at that point in time. That's a, a fair bet. Yeah. In my defense, it's like, you know, I get these ideas and I like yeah. to throw them at a sounding board. And I, I want to throw them out like as soon as I think of them. Yeah. So, like, you know, you're just, just waiting for that response. Not necessarily right away. <laughs> yes, that's what my wife keeps telling me. <laughs> Do you also, I don't know if you remember this, but um, I tried to make an internal uh, fraternity website. Yeah, I never checked it. Yeah, that was very disappointing. I, I, I did all this work. <laughs> it had like it had like a system of calendars, like like activities that people had to do, like tasks that people had to do. It never, never used. But I think a very important lesson I got out of that is that um, products. Um, usability into a standard user's workflow is much, much more important than the functionality it has. Right. If people aren't planning on using it every day in, in their life, it doesn't yeah. matter. They won't use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking too, um, by the things that are, like now we're very focused and we're closing cost experts, right? Mm-hmm. And we've tried a lot of things outside of it. This We never went down this road, but remember when we wanted to do pest start? yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a good idea. So, well, I think it's still a good idea, but no, we're not going to do it. We're not, if we do it, it's not going to be called that. Oh, that's such a great name, though, too. Not, no. 
I'm vetoing it. I like that. So, so Peststar is um, we would basically be a national pest inspection company because we have to quote pest inspections to folks all over the country. So instead of finding a provider, hey, let's just get the quotes out. If someone gives us an order, we'll figure it out. We'll be a pest inspection. Well, provider. we we would be like a clear like an Expedia, right? Yeah. We take the order and then we'd pass it on to mm-hmm. yeah. Acme or Terminex or whatever it is in the yeah. local area. Um, there were lots of problems with that plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was not knowing Yeah, yeah, right? The, the whole, you, you have to learn your business area before doing it's it. It's like, hey, let's just find exterminators in Tuscaloosa. How hard could it How be? How hard right? could it be? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. Didn't go anywhere. No. Probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then the one I have that Dave is actually strategically blocking on our banner, and we consistently block at every conference, it's the perfect height for a six foot, is... Fallout surveys and secret shopping. Yeah. Let's let's talk about it because it's I think the most recent one. So yeah. if you may, if people have been following us for more than a year, they may have seen us post about it. Yeah, so. it was on my LinkedIn for a while. Um, I mean, I. It was actually yeah. lightly concerning to me when I applied for the job because I was like, "What is this other company? I have no <laughs> idea what's going on." Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, I think that's a good example of us trying to do things that are outside of our core competency. Um, us when we were growing a lot thinking, hey, we could do this. Um, we can you know, start an outside business. We have mortgage. We know mortgage companies, so let's sell them other stuff. Sounded good in theory. I think there were a lot of, ultimately, that wasn't close to our most expensive mistake. Um, and I think a lot of things we learned through that were your point of sale is really important. So just because we knew we had mortgage company clients. There's a difference in t- between talking to the head of operations at a mortgage company and the head compliance person, especially at a 500-person company. Like, we got on the phone with clients who were all very nice and said, like, oh, yeah, I love you. love the calculator stuff. We'd pitch Mortgage Sentinel, and they said, nope, uh, you got to talk to Steve. Right. Yeah. And it, we just were able to get nowhere. Um, we couldn't really leverage our current client base as much as we thought that we could. And so I think that was it. We kind of fell in love with the idea um, and overhyped our ability to cross sell. Yeah. We had the mentor, one of our mentors, tell us about concentric circles, right? Yeah. Products. Mm-hmm. And we thought that was a concentric circle, but we really. Well, no, I think when not. by the time he said that, we knew it wasn't a yeah. concentric circle, too. Yeah. And that was, I mean, timing was a problem, too. I think we started that right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And had it been like a couple of months later, we probably wouldn't have tried to pursue it during that time. But it's tough, too, because I think like mistakes in general are a part of business. Like you're always going to make mistakes. Um, and the importance is, you know, kind of like fail fast, right? The, the Mark Zuckerberg thing of you have to learn from them and try not to repeat them. Um, so not all mistakes are bad mistakes. I think some are worse than others. Um, I wouldn't call that the worst mistake. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, part of why we're doing this podcast, yeah. right, is to you have to bring a little levity. You have to laugh at yourself. You have to, you know, reflect on them, learn, and, and, and go forward. Yeah. I think one of the hardest parts about that is that mistakes are so different in terms of how you have to react to them. Like some mistakes, it means your idea was wrong. Some mistakes you shouldn't have ever pursued. But some mistakes just mean that there are small issues with the plan, you know, whether it's timing, um, resources, et cetera, et cetera. And really, it's a good idea. And differentiating between what type of mistake it is, I think, is the hardest thing. Yeah. Because it makes it impossible to let go of certain ideas that you know are, are mistakes, but you don't know what type of mistake it is. And I think that's what Mortgage Sentinel really was, is are we wrong for 
not pursuing it the right way, not hitting the right, right. person, blah, blah, blah. And then we, I mean, we realized it was the yeah. salespeople and we don't really know. And I think it was just a lack of understanding of why we were successful and what our core business model was. And a service product isn't in line with that really at the end of the day. Yeah. And they weren't, you know, there were no concentric circles. Like they were very much divided. Yeah. No. Well, that's all the questions I have. I think the biggest takeaway and the biggest question I want to ask, and we'll be asking to all of our guests um, this season, and I'm hoping Jim has asked on the other two podcasts, is uh, how are you a lodestar in your life? Or who is your lodestar? Is I think we're actually uh, going with it. So, you know, for those who don't know, uh, a lodestar is the guiding light in the sky that uh, sailors would navigate by. So that's what our company is named after. Um, so we thought this would be a great Oh, I can't believe in. that escaped the mistake list. Oh, yeah. The company name. Company name is awful. I, I, <laughs> when we started. You people have hated it so much. I had so many people ask me, what do you guys do? Yeah. Why are you yeah. here? Who are you? Yeah. And explaining it. We got called Lone Star. There's oh. other Lone Stars. Yeah. I mean, I love the name. Um, I think we've grown into it because people know us now yeah. for it. But like, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the right choice. I think it's really funny because Lone Star is actually also uh, in PA. They're about 30 minutes from us. Yeah. We've gone to conferences from them and they've been placed across the hall from each other. Yeah. And people will walk up to our booth and be like, are you Lone Star? It's like, no, it's them. And then someone will walk up to their booth and are you Lone Star? And yeah. they'll point at us and it's just, yeah. you know, a fun time. Yeah. You know, fun stuff. But yeah. you still have to answer the question. Yes. Um, I think for me, one thing that I've, over the pandemic, when we moved into the new office, um, I've really thought about kind of my entrepreneurship and my family and small businesses in my family. And that's something that I really have loved of the fact that there's a lot of people that have pursued um, creating their own companies. Um, so I have all sorts of memorabilia behind me that are um, like, you know, mementos of that. Um, and anytime I'm frustrated, anytime I look at, I, I, it's a great reminder for me because it's people that weren't doing it because they had a cool product idea or a work life balance or anything like that of just like, we are starting the small business to, to provide. And I think, um, putting that into perspective of how kind of fortunate we are to be here and what we're able to, to do and what, you know, I think Dave and I have been able to, to provide for our families. And, you know, this year when I, um, my wife and I had our, our daughter, I added her to our company health insurance. Like that was a huge moment for me of like, oh, wow, like I actually have a company where I can I can do this. So like I think seeing that kind of um, seeing those moments and like from being someone who like played around the filing cabinets of a family company to now bringing my daughter here to crawl on the floor and like do stuff like that, I think is are the moments that I find um, the most like rewarding and kind of my guiding light of like seeing kind of what you're creating and the impact and legacy that it has. Oh, yeah. that's so great. Sorry, Dave. No, no. <laughs> I wanted to give you time to think about it because I knew what the question was. So. <laughs> no, no, that's like, I, I have like a, I've, I've frequently th thought about this is um, my, like my dad mm -hmm. is like a very hardworking, smart, like mm -hmm. good person. And um, I don't achieve it frequently, but I do frequently think about, like, what would my dad do in this scenario? Mm -hmm. And we have different outlooks on, you know, businesses should be run and all that type of stuff. But I think um, in terms of, like, kind of, like, spirit or, like, you know, like, who a person is, mm -hmm. he's, 
I try and emulate him. So like when he tries to like, should I be working or should I be like sleeping? <laughs> I frequently choose sleeping, but I think about my dad and I'm like, he'd be working. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my dad. And that's not to say that the other people in my uh, family or life aren't like important. Yeah. Or uh, valuable to me. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, definitely, I think my dad is, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, trying to emulate him. Yeah, good old Vlad, shout out. Vlad, yeah, Vlad and Respector. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our big, Lodestar's biggest fan. He's essentially another board member. Unofficial, yeah. shadow, board, shadow board member. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day today. And, uh, Dave, thank you for driving down from uh, Hoboken, mm-hmm. the joys of New Jersey. Right. Thank you for all you do on the podcast and getting things going. Yeah. It's very exciting. I get to be co-host this season. So you're going to see more of me. I think I'm the most excited for that out of anyone. (laughs) Well, thanks everyone for watching. We'll be back next week um, where Jim will actually be interviewing uh, Tim Nguyen. Nguyen. Nguyen from Be Smarty. We're really excited about it. Um, And please like, follow, subscribe, to wherever you're listening to this podcast, be that YouTube. We're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you guys could get your podcasts um, if you prefer to listen to us in audio only. So thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you for listening to Lodestar's Lending Media. Please like, subscribe, and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcast. Like to give a special thank you to the Lodestar team involved with the production of this podcast, including Elena Gardner, Tim Austin, and John Knight.